0: Lynn Hiles Ministries presents, Dr. Lynn Hiles, That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Shaped like a woman, and it's liable to make you lust. And I'm 16 years old, and I said, thanks for that image. So I, I struggled with coke till I got in my 40s. Y'all don't want to help me preach in here this morning. Then they came out with three-liter bottles, and I got over it. Hallelujah! But I thought yesterday, as we were talking about, I think it was Pastor Chris's daughters graduating high school. I thought, in my own growing up, it was it was a sin to go to your high school prom. You couldn't dance. You couldn't see a movie. We have come a long way. But how many know that was all stuff that wasn't even we preached. We sent people to hell for stuff we wouldn't even send them to jail for in America. Come on, somebody. And it was stuff that wasn't even in the Bible that somebody heard somebody else say. But it was a covenant that always alienated you from God. It was a treadmill of performance. It was always lies that kept you away from, from the presence of God. And you wonder why I, I talk about sometimes we have what we call priesters that come to our church. You say, what is that? That's people who come Christmas and Easter. And I don't blame them because the two times they do come, we gang up on them and beat them up and tell them how dirty, rotten scoundrels they are and how bad of sinners they are. And it never is the good news and wonder why they don't come back till Christmas. I don't blame you. I don't want to go there either. Come on, how many know what the gospel is really the good news? And the good news, come on, is not that you're a dirty, rotten scoundrel. The good news is because, listen, the Old Testament is about what you do. The New Testament is about what he's done. Hallelujah. The Old Covenant was full of demands with no supply, but the New Covenant is full of supply without any demand. And the more you start to understand that, the more you start to fall in love with a Jesus who's not out to take your life. He wants to give you the best life on the planet and so i thought you know as i listen as i thought about this these two women are two covenants men i just want to grab a a couple real powerful thoughts for us this morning but hebrews the 11th chapter verse 8 says by faith abraham when he was called, called to go out into a place what he should after receive for inheritance obeyed and went out Not knowing whither he went, by faith he sojourned in the land of promises in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Watch this, this is what I'm after, through faith. Also, Sarah herself, watch this, God never attributed Isaac to the faith of Abraham. He attributes it to the faith of Sarah. By faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because... She judged him faithful that promised. Come on, somebody. Some of you got some promises that don't look like anything's happening. Some of you may look like what Galatians said, sing, old barren, that there ain't nothing happening in your life and there doesn't even seem to be any fruit in your Christian journey. But I want you to know something. It's not about you. It's about him. If you'll judge him faithful that promised, it's not about what you can produce. Come on. It's about what he's doing inside of you through the union with him and through the intimacy that you have in relationship and so Sarah herself received strength to conceive when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised therefore there sprang even of one watch this and him as good as dead you know when the Bible say you as good as dead and or the Bible say you old you old my mother said to me back uh, before she passed, she said, have you noticed there's not very many old people around anymore? I said, mom, when there's nobody above you, you are the old people. <laughs> I mean, no, the older you get, the more your concept of old changes. Now I want to put some context to this. Sarah's 90 years old. Abraham is 99 so when the Bible say he's as good as dead and he will get over here and look at it in Genesis for a moment but it says he was well stricken in years when the Bible says you old you old hallelujah now like i said my concept of old changes real quick i used to think people my age was old now i'm start thinking hallelujah i'm looking for anybody that's older than i am way up there you know i just had a friend who was a pastor in pittsburgh and she passed away last year she was 103 and a half when she passed away still wore makeup and high heels wasn't on any kind of medication hallelujah took a trip to africa when she was 100 that's some good stuff right there hallelujah Now, I don't know about you, but I'm in my 60s. I won't tell you exactly how old I am, but I can't imagine having a baby when I'm 90. Oh, y'all don't want to help me preach. I don't know if that's a blessing or a nightmare. My son uh, and his wife, my son is 40, I think 45, and and uh, they have a two-year-old. I can't imagine having a two-year-old even at age 45. When I was 45, my son was living in Columbus, Ohio, working in a ministry, so I'd hate to start over at 45. I don't know at 90 if a baby's a blessing or a curse. But it was the promise of God. And, and, and so it said that, uh, you know, out of this woman, a matter of fact, there are four women that are mentioned in the lineage of Christ in, in Matthew, and all of them are surrounded by some kind of either difficulty or scandal. I won't go into that. But I do want to read this, this, this uh, story a little bit from uh, Genesis, and we're going to try to make a few comments about these two women and then get out your road here this morning. But it says in Genesis 17, God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son, indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish, I will establish with Isaac, which uh, I've lost my place there. It says, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. With his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this time of, in the next year. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. And Abraham took Ishmael his son and all that were born in his house and all that were bought with his money, every male among them, uh, of, of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day. And God said unto him, And Abram, Abraham was 90 years old and nine when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. I don't know if I want to go to this church. <laughs> I saw a meme on Facebook the other day. It was a guy with a real bad look on his face and said the guy that arrived one day before Paul's letter got to church at Jerusalem about we don't have to circumcise people anymore. (laughs) But how many know being under laws is just about like that? Come on, somebody help me just a little bit. It can be painful. But see, let me just say this to you. Ishmael represents the old covenant, what you can produce. And I want to say this as well, because the scripture says that Abraham never staggered at the promise of God. That means to me that he produced Ishmael by faith. You say, what do you mean, Brother House? What I mean is he took his faith and went to Hagar's tent. Make it plain, Dr. House. I mean, he took his faith and mixed it with an old covenant paradigm, and what he produced looked holy in the face, but it had the heart of an Egyptian beaten in its breast. And God said, this is not what's going to be the heir. What you can produce with your faith and your works and your labor and your sweat and your human performance, come on somebody, is only going to persecute something a little bit later. And if you don't think your personal choices make any difference, that one trip to Hagar's tent 2,000 years later, what's happening in the Middle East now right now is them still fighting each other over one trip to Hagar's tent. If you think it don't make a difference what you do, you might ought to rethink that come on somebody and I really think even a lot of our political problems would go away if we start preaching the right covenant because it affects everything and how people think on every level I'm gonna tell you there is a massive reformation going on there's a movement called grace somebody's gonna be captured by it after a while and they're gonna begin to walk in a different way and say listen man I have taken my faith and tried to hold my mouth the right way say it the right way and I'm not against the word of faith I'm just saying if you have faith and don't have grace, you're going to get out of balance. And if you have grace and you don't mix it with faith, you're going to, because it's not either or. It's the dynamic duo. It is by grace through faith. And when you get grace and you realize what God's already done for you, who he's already made you to be, who you're already in union with, who already lives inside of you, once you know who you are, come on somebody, and you start to believe it, what you do won't happen out of trying to be something. happen because you already are hallelujah now let me come on back here just for a moment to set the stage for this because god drops back by he gives him the promise of god tells him it's not going to be ishmael that's going to be the heir and you know let me just say this concerning ishmael ishmael looked so much like what we're looking for that abraham would pray oh god let ishmael live forever In other words, we're trying to hold on to a religious system that really looks holy. It looks good. It looks like Abraham in the face. But it's got the heart of an Egyptian. It's full of bondage. It's a slave mentality. It's not a sonship mentality. It's an orphan mentality. They don't know that God is Abba. He is daddy. He's not an old man on a Victorian chair with a club in his hand ready to slap you upside your head. He's a good, good father. Hallelujah. And he likes to dote on you. He likes. As a matter of fact, it is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's how God enjoys himself my response is come on hallelujah enjoy yourself today abba hallelujah enjoy yourself give us the kingdom now let me go on down through here but it goes on to say that god began to drop by he was 90 years old nine when he got uh, when he got circumcised god drops by the tent i'm going to skip through some of this a little bit but the, the the angels of the lord come back by his tent a little bit later in the same chapter or chapter 18 the Lord appears to him in the plains of Mamre in the tent, and he goes and he tells Sarah, he says, go dress a kid and bake ready some cakes. In verse 9 of chapter 18, it says, And and they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? He said, "Where, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son, and Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore, as Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after, watch this, here's the key thought that i want to share this morning. And, and, and she laughed within herself, saying, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure? my Lord also being old. And the Lord said to Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh and saying, shall I surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the, at the appointed time, I will return to, to thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah denied, saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid, and, she, and he said, nay, but thou did laugh. I want to just stop and tell you this this morning. Sarah is in the tent, and they, listen, do you think this is the first time in 90 years they've ever tried to have a baby? The pressure to produce somehow will drain the romance out of this thing. If you've ever known couples who were trying to have a child, and they go through all kinds of stuff to try to conceive a child, and you've had this promise of God for years and you can't conceive. I'm going to tell you what, it's probably going to get the romance out of this because it's like, okay, what? It is 933. I, my temperature is 100.3. I am ovulating. Let's go. We are going to have this baby. How I many know after a while, you're going to lose that love and feeling? Y'all ain't going to help me this morning. You say, why are you telling us this, Brother House? Because the pressure we put on people to produce something beyond their natural ability has literally drained the joy out of their relationship with Jesus. Come on, somebody. And what we've done is make it so mechanical and we've made it so methodical and we've made it so uh, 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 anesthetized that we are literally don't have any feeling. It's just so mechanical that we're going through the motions of Christianity. And I don't think that Sarah was laughing simply at the fact that that God was giving her this promise. I think this is the question. And she hears the angel of the Lord say, I'm going to return unto you, and you're going to have a child according to the time of life. You're going to have a baby. And this was her question. She didn't say, can I have a baby? She said, forget a baby at this junction. I just want to know if I can have pleasure again. Y'all don't want to help me. Hallelujah. <laughs> My Lord also, being old, have you seen, I think she's probably, have you seen the old man sitting outside that tent? He looked like a sweet potato with toothpicks for legs, looked like a California raisin with a hat on out there, got stubble for a beard. Come on, somebody. And I just want to know at this point, I want to know not can I have a baby, I just want to know if I can have pleasure again with my Lord. Y'all hear where I'm coming from. I want to know if, oh, hallelujah, I want to know if I can start to enjoy the journey again. <laughs> I want to know if I can get my joy back. Hallelujah. I want to know if I can get my peace back. I want to know if I can. Listen, can I tell you when I got an understanding of the grace of God and I started understanding that my righteousness was not on the basis of my performance, can I tell you my peace started to come back? And when my peace started to come back, I started to get a sneaking grin on my face like I'm not in, I'm not out, I'm not. He loves me. He loves me not. I hope I die and He loves me. He loves me. He can't stop loving me. It's a divine role. Oh, man. A, it is a joy. It is an enjoying the journey. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And the moment I realized I was righteous, I got my peace back in the third dimension started hitting me. I got my joy back. And when I got my joy back, the Holy Ghost said to me, here's what gave Sarah strength to conceive. She, by faith, received strength to conceive. I said, what was the strength? He said, the joy of the Lord is your strength when you get the joy of this relationship back. That it's not about rules. It's about a relationship. It's about falling head over heels in love with the lover of your soul who is not mad at you. He is mad about you. Abraham walked through the tent. By the way, he just had lunch with Melchizedek. You say, who is that? That's the priest of the Most High God. And the new covenant says he's a more excellent priest than Levi was. Melchizedek is the priest of the new covenant. And all Melchizedek does is he serves bread and wine. What's bread and wine, Brother House? It's the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's the covenant meal. This is my body. It's the inauguration of entering into a new and better covenant. It's the communion table. Abraham has lunch with Melchizedek. I love this. Let me just have a little fun here this morning. He walks through the tent that night, and he looks. He said, Miss Sarah, I've been thinking about stuff today. I ain't thought about it for a long time. And that 99-year-old man had a grin on his face. Y'all don't want to help me preach up in here. And Miss Sarah is 90, and she said, You know what? I've been thinking about it too. Her teeth ain't in the glass. Y'all don't want to help me preach it don't smell like ben gay in the tent tonight hallelujah matter of fact it smell like chanel number five y'all don't want to help me preach The stockings aren't hung by the chimney with care. She done made a trip to Victoria's Secret. Hallelujah. And and, and ain't much of a secret left. I I, I don't know if I could preach like this on Sunday morning or not. Hallelujah. Hey, hallelujah. And man, I mean, the hose ain't down to her legs because she don't have enough leg to hold them up anymore. Mama looking good. Something about New Covenant will make your longevity come back. Matter of fact, she was so good looking that Abraham had to lie about her to the king to keep the king from That's one fine woman up in there. Come on, somebody. And that dude, come on, said, I've been thinking about stuff, honey, today I ain't thought about for a long time. And what happened was they forgot about I gotta produce something. I gotta produce this. I gotta come up with this. I gotta, I gotta. See, we make the fruit of the Spirit something you can manufacture. And the best thing that happens is it just looks like, you know, it looks like manufactured fruit on a table somewhere. This looks like, it looks so good on the table. It's a centerpiece on the table. But if you ever reach out to get a piece of of fruit that's on like a centerpiece on the table and go to take a bite bite out of it, it looks so real that you wanna take a bite, but it's like, Peach fuzz with plastic, that is the American church. We look good on the table, but I'd rather have a vine-ripened bug-bit peach any time than I would a piece of plastic with peach fuzz on it. God is looking for authentic relationship with us. And he is not pushing us away with disqualification. I think sometimes the reason we don't enter into this divine romance is because we walk in here, come on, as the bride of Christ, and many times we in the mood. Y'all don't want to help me preach. And we get in, listen, can you imagine? Can you imagine? It's a, it's a romantic evening at your house. Is this too much on Sunday morning? It, it, it's a romantic evening, and your wife has prepared candles. Or, you know, I used to call it potpourri, but it's potpourri. <laughs> I'm a country boy, you know what I mean. But smell. <laughs> Hallelujah. And man, the smell of potpourri is in the house, and all of a sudden you start seeing, she, she got this look on her face, and you're thinking, did she wreck the car? <laughs> <laughs> Something going on up in here. But all of a sudden, she comes out in that little outfit I just described, and you say, is that a pimple on your face? Boy, your breath stinks. How I many know, you ain't going to have much of an evening? You may not see this outfit to next Christmas. Well, but that's what we do at church the moment the people come in in love with jesus we start pointing out their flaws boy that's a pimple come on your breast stinks you got this bad your your hair ain't right you did you you know and we start picking come on that's the worst way to ruin the mood what i want to say to you is that what sarah wanted to know is can i enjoy my lord again my lord also being old these women are two covenants but i'm telling you what's happening to the church i believe at calvary is they're falling in love with jesus and you don't have to make them do anything come on and it's not the pressure to produce, but once you fall in love with Jesus, guess what? Nine months later, you thought you laughed a while ago. She gave birth to a son named Isaac, and she named him laughter. Because she said, I thought that was funny. Hallelujah. But this is really funny. Hallelujah. God is giving us something that comes by supernatural impartation. Let me give you one more. I've got just a couple more minutes. I think, about ja- I think about Jacob, Rachel, and Leah. Jacob goes to the house of Laban. These two women also represent two covenants. And Jacob goes to the house of Laban and he says, I am in love with Rachel. Do you know that Rachel's name means a young lamb? How many of you in the room today are in love with the lamb? How many of you want to marry the lamb? Come on, somebody! You want to be in union with the lamb. I love the lamb. I came to church. I came to the house of Laban. I want to get married to the lamb. And so you go. She, he, Jacob must have went to the church. I did. So you go to Laban. You say, "What do I got to do to get the lamb?" He said, "Well, you got to work." you got to work, man. you got to work for seven years. you got to produce because when you work, after you work, one of these days, like a carrot in front of a rabbit, one of these days, you're going to get this, and we're on the threshold, we're on the brink, and it's one some glad morning, and it's always way out there, and nobody ever gets that carrot until we get so tired of chasing it. We're wore out, but Jacob does it. He does exactly what I did, seven long years. He works to get Rachel, but she's got an older sister named Leah. Now, Leah's name means weary. So he's going to work for seven years, but always going to get weary. Her name also means a wild cow. The scripture says King James is nice about it. said she, she was tender-eyed. Another scripture said she had a wild-looking eye. My brother-in-law said she had blue eyes, one blue north, one blue south. <laughs> At 2, she was a 10, and at 10, she was a 2. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, have a little fun with me here this morning. But Jacob says, I'm in love with the lamb. And, and, and he says, well, what you got to do is you got to work, man. You got to work for seven years to get the lamb. So if they go through this big celebration. And it's a week-long celebration. And man, in those days, they partied on. I don't know what the deal was exactly. But they also used a veil. They put a veil over her face. How many know that when Moses is red, there's a veil over our faces? So you can't see the end of what's abolished. So the veil keeps you from seeing what you really are going to get. So this dude, he marries this woman because Laban says to him, well, I'll get to that in just a moment, but he marries this woman. He takes her to the wedding chamber and consummates this relationship. I don't know if this guy, I don't know if this dude is just really been waiting for seven years or the veil has messed him up or he has way too much to drink, but he don't realize he's with the wrong woman until it's everlastingly too late to take her back home. And he rolls over the next morning after he's consummated this relationship with Leah, who represents the old covenant with a veil over his face and law. And he rolls over to kiss his young bride good morning with the worst breath of the day. And when he rolls up the veil, he's in bed with a wild cow with a dumb look in his eye, and all he got was weary. Am I talking to anybody in the room yet? Now, I'm not talking about your spouse here. I'm talking about your revelation of what religion was about. You woke up one morning and all you had after all those years of performance-based Christianity was an empty heart. Come on, somebody. And a lot of stuff you had to do. And somehow through the journey, you begin to lose that love and feeling. And the reality of it is, is we need to be restored back again to the joy of our salvation. These women are two covenants, but here's the thing. By faith, and I'm getting ready to close and have Pastor Ben to come on back up on the platform here. But this was the question. She said, can I be old? Have pleasure. Can I enjoy my Lord again? And it is through her faith that she receives strength to conceive and it is the joy of the Lord that is your strength. Come on all over this room. Stand on your feet if you don't mind this morning because I believe that God wants to restore to us. And I'm so thankful for the gospel of grace. I'm so, I, I'm, listen, let me tell you, you talk about captured by grace. When you fall in love, it'll capture your heart. Listen, somebody said, well, you guys are just, pre- you know, when you preach this freedom from the law, people are acting. Listen, let me tell you something. Love is much more stronger than law ever thought about being. When you love, you get in your car and drive for all night just to go see. I used to get off work at 9 o'clock at night and drive an hour and a half just to see her for 45 minutes and drive back home. I took a red Volkswagen and painted it yellow because she liked yellow sprayed it with a spray can Looked like my Volkswagen was bleeding to death I was trying to make the love bug and all I did was shot it looked like I shot it hallelujah but I loved her hallelujah painted a red Volkswagen but when you fall in love it'll make you give in offerings it'll make you serve one another let me tell you something powerful I've been married for 45 years and the reason I don't commit adultery is not because the Bible says not to I do it because I'm in love with my wife. I'm not, listen, I don't because, not because it makes God mad. I do it because it hurts my relationship. And if one trip to Hagar's tent that Abraham took caused all these problems thousands of years later with his seed still being in a fight, maybe we ought to take our faith and stay at Sarah's house. In the New Covenant, we've truly been, come on, gripped by grace and captured by grace and captured by the heart of the true gospel. I am excited to announce the release of my latest book titled The Great I Am. In this book, we will explore the seven times in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I am. When he uses that phrase, it is always in contrast to something from the Old Covenant,